Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Allison Bobbitt, and I'm here with my husband, Mike Bobbitt, as always. And Mike, you made me watch Lords of Chaos. I always refer to you as my <laughs> lovely wife, and you just say, my husband is always hurtful. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean, like, you're my husband, and you're always with me. Yeah, but I always call you my lovely wife. Would you like me to call you my lovely husband? Yes, but do it in black metal voice. My lovely husband. <laughs> that was beautiful. You're welcome. Yeah, so I had a feeling that you were going to like this movie. I did not know <laughs> that you were already pretty familiar with the story because last podcast on the left covered it. Yes. This is basic. It's a movie that kind of documents the rise and fall of the Norwegian uh, black metal band Mayhem. Yes. Uh, that, I mean, they're still around. <laughs> they they are. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I have a burp. Uh, 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 okay. I had a few, but they're out now. Continue. They're still around, but it's just, you know, it's the, the, not anyone who was always in the band consecutively. It's the, I believe, the bass player, Hellhammer. He's still, it's his band now. In in Mayhem? Yeah. Mayhem? Because this movie is about how the singer, Varg, a.k.a. Count Grishnak, a.k.a. Christian, a.k.a. a million different fucking names. Yeah, he kept changing it up. Yeah. Murders the guitarist founder, Euronymous. Euronymous. Yeah. Who... These are not and these are names. all their, you know, stage names, yeah, by the way. Yeah. I mean, like, they went by them pretty right. Yeah. Like, it's their stage name. Do you think the original singer, Dead, killed himself because his name was Dead? <laughs> his name isn't. That wasn't his real name. That was his also stage name. Mm-hmm. Um, the original. So the original singer, as you said, his name was Dead. And he did kill himself. Um, but I think he was just really depressed. And oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Wished he was dead. And then he made that dream happen for himself. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very sad. But he was brilliantly played by Jack Kilmer. He was, which, who is, if, if you're not aware, is Val Kilmer's son. And he is great in this. I mean, his part is small because... Um, the guy kills himself the pretty guy, early on. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's how Varg is 
kind of brought into the story is because he becomes the new lead singer after dead kills himself he very brutally killed himself um he slit his wrists and his throat and when that didn't kill him fast enough he shot himself in the head and they do show that in the movie there's the the death scenes and like the murder scenes that are in this movie are very graphic yeah and there are three of them yes and uh they also show a lot of fake dead cats they do which i really hate because i think they're cg'd in some spots or um i think you can probably buy very realistic fake dead cat dead animals well and i like there's a prop shop that probably makes them maybe like mass produces them i don't know maybe i don't know i i was very upset by it i don't like that sort of thing i'm not saying i want to work at that place yeah i no i'm just saying like in the movie like if you're easily upset by that sort of thing where i am um i really didn't like that part there is a dead cat hanging in dead's room and it's pretty visible anytime you're in that room. I just want to share a quick little screenwriting shorthand. There's a book called Save the Cat because they basic, there's basically a shorthand that you can do in writing characters where if you want an audience to immediately like a character, then you have them save a cat, whether it be literally or figuratively. So I watched that movie Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. And the very first scene opens with him all beat up in a police interrogation. And then he pulls out a can of tuna and then pulls out a can opener, opens it up, and then pulls out a tiny kitten from his jacket. So immediately you're going to like, even before you know anything about him, you're going to like Bob Odenkirk's character. Yeah, because he's helping a kitten. What I thought was neat about this was even though Dead had all these dead cats hanging around, you still feel pretty shitty when he kills himself. Yeah, it's still really sad when he dies. Yeah. Um, I think that's a testament to Jack Kilmer playing the role very well. Doing a really good job of making, you know, for the short amount of time that he's on screen, really making the character of Dead likable and, you know sympathetic so some of the stuff that he kind of brought to mayhem uh the band so he really did used to wear like all the corpse makeup which is just you know like the black around the eyes and oh that's such a norwegian which is a norwegian thing but he was kind of the one who brought it to mayhem like he started doing it and then the rest of the band started doing it um and then additionally he also really did used to bury his stage clothes beforehand and then he would dig them up and and wear them because he thought it made him seem more dead if he had clothes that were buried in the ground in the earth so if i was in a norwegian black metal band i would uh have the stage name irish springs so i would always smell (laughs) so do we smell nice soapy nice so um i guess i'll do a really quick like recap of what exactly this movie is so it's set around a you know it's set around the band mayhem from the point of view of euronymous played by rory culkin played by rory culkin very well it's kind of funny you know how joaquin phoenix used to be called leaf phoenix no but okay I always thought that Kieran Culkin and Rory Culkin were the same were person. Were the same person? I was like, oh, Rory Culkin must have changed his name to Kieran Culkin. 
it mm-hmm. wasn't until earlier today that I realized that they were, or not today, but within the last week that I learned that they were two separate people. Yes. And a lot of Rory Culkin's early roles are playing younger, younger versions, versions of, of Kieran Culkin <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay. 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 Okay, anyway. What are you saying? I'm not doing this with you right now. I love you, but I'm not oh, doing Oh, you this. can say Euronymous, but you can't say Macaulay? And scene. Um, so... <laughs> It's centered around this band and what happens to that to the band and what happens to Euronymous, which is their lead singer kills himself. They bring in this other guy who is insanely jealous of Euronymous and like Euronymous is kind of a self-appointed like leader of the black metal community because he has a record store and a record label that his parents bought for him. So he has money. That's really all that it was. And um, Varg just was insanely jealous of him and, you know, was always trying to one-up him and eventually murders him out of greed, jealousy, all of the above. Or if you take his point of view, self-defense. He says self-defense. Yeah. It's bullshit. That's definitely not what happened. He was mad at Euronymous for profiting off of because he does have a an album that was just him that um, Euronymous put out through his record label and that Euronymous didn't really pay him fairly for which doesn't surprise me at all so he was mad at him for you know valid reasons but also invalid reasons, like he was just jealous. Yeah, it's hard to frame this around. I always have to remember, because my friend John, or the guy who I was friends with named John, was really into Norwegian black metal. Mm-hmm. And and I like some black metal. Like, I really liked Venom. But Venom, you know, even though everyone who's so authentic in this movie, (laughs) everyone ends up at some point in time wearing a Venom shirt because Mm -hmm. from the Venom album, Black Metal, Venom later was like, oh, no, this was like a gimmick. We're like playing dress up like, yeah, you know, this is we're not satanic, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh I wasn't really into this music, but John was. And because all these guys were a couple years older than us, when you're you know, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, someone being in their 20s is like, oh my God, they're like a full grown adult. Yes, exactly. But framing it now that I'm 49, this is a movie about a bunch of like 22 to 24 year olds. Yeah, it's about a bunch of kids, really. I mean, even though you're technically an adult, it's, you're still children. You're still children. You know, until and you're... in the case of Euronymous and Varg, it's a uh, it basically boils down to a swinging dick contest between two yes. spoiled rich kids. It exact that's exactly what it was. So one of the other things that they talk about in in this movie is the church burning, which is so there were oh god lo- so many I can't even remember how many it was. It was a lot of churches in Norway were burned. Yes, Varg and Euronymous were probably responsible for a few of them. But there were probably, I want to say, tens to maybe a hundred. 
Yeah. I, churches that I, were like, burned. It was copycat to, people. People were just doing it because they wanted, you know, and 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 the black the black metal kids were just taking credit for a lot of them. You know, I, I think it's a touchy subject within Norway. Uh, you know, the Crusades came through yes. and, you know, spread Christianity and they burned down their temples and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, so it's not like it wasn't a thing where it's like everybody loved where it was universally loved. Like Christianity was universally like, I don't know. It It's like you said, it was touchy. You yeah. know, people had feelings one way or another about it and they weren't always positive. Additionally, Bard, who's played by Walter Skarsgård, took credit for a murder that um, I think he did go to jail for it. But I don't know if it's entirely clear if he was actually the one who committed the murder. And that, this is in real life. Yeah. In the movie, it's depicted that he does do it. But he may have just taken credit for a murder because it was the murder of a gay man. Very brutally. And he might have just been like, yeah, that was me. Right. So it's, you know, this is a thing that um, some of the death metal community would do is take credit for, you know, crimes and, and arson that to make them look cool with yeah the community. ironically they were super anti-poser while there's a very good chance that they were all posers yes and then one of the things that they also did in the movie that as you pointed out happened in real life is that varg calls um <laughs> so varg has burned a couple of churches and he wants to take credit for it really step things up to the next level and um, so he contacts a journalist. The journalist comes to his house and he, of course, has all of his like, you know, black sheets and up and like all this like swords and just all this really goth shit out and like a Nazi flag. And, um, you know, he's telling the journalist, you know, trying to sound cool, like who he worships and like, you know, that he worships Satan, that he worships Odin, that he believes in Nazism. So he's has all these conflicting Yeah, and he's an atheist. And he's yeah. an atheist too. So he has all these really conflicting ideologies, which the journalist does call him out on and he's like, It's whatever, man. It's yeah. anti what like and this is that was true in the whole community. You know, they would claim to be Satanists and atheists at the same time, yeah. having no idea what those mean, how much they conflict with one another. One of them said that they were a theistic Satanist, meaning they believed in the whole goat horns, you know. Yeah. Uh, Satan. <sighs> Which is, it's, it's, it's just about trying to sound as evil as possible without knowing what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. You know. The Satan that I worship is the uh, <laughs> artist Coop, and he's sort of like a traffic orange, and he wears uh, rockabilly clothing. Ooh, that's <laughs> yes. exciting. That's my Satan. Wow, very cool. The movie just kind of follows the formation of the band and then kind of all that happens leading up to Euronymous being murdered. And then, you know, the movie ends. And honestly, all the acting is really good in it. Like, Rory Culkin is great. I started cracking up halfway through because I think it's Varg and Euronymous are having a conversation about straight up nonsense. <laughs> like just trying to like one up each other and like sound the most, you know, black metal. And I just started cracking up because I'm like, they're not saying anything. They're just talking 
nonsense. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, that's even funnier, is that this is pretty accurate to the types of conversations that they were having with each other having about their community. Having had those conversations <laughs> in my life so funny. With, with that aforementioned John. Yeah, yeah, pretty accurate. I like remember very early anything. on you make fun of the fact that they're all wearing like bullet vel- belts. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time thinking, damn, I wish I had a bullet belt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Me and Jerry Widman bought a set of spurs because neither That's of us had right. money. And so we each had took one. one spur. So I walked around school with one with spur. engineering boots and one spur. Oh. Just the weird shit people do. Like, it, you know, as you're trying to kind of cultivate your own identity. And, you know, it's it's true of really any community where you really kind of dive in and you want to live the purest form of it that you think you can. So, it, you know, it's the same with, you know, maybe someone who's kind of waspy or, you know, wants to be very goth or wants to be very preppy or wants to be very athletic. It's not, you know, it's all kind of the same just the ingredients are different yeah it was just so funny to watch these guys just be so invested in straight up nonsense oh yeah comically invested in bullshit Mm -hmm. uh continuing with the acting emery cohen plays varg and he's the love interest from brooklyn Yes. And number one, Jewish actor playing a Nazi. Playing a Nazi. <laughs> Emery Cohen. He's so good in this. Is, uh, I, and I was looking up his IMDb. I was like, I want to watch all of his movies. He is so fucking great as an actor. Like him in this versus him in Brooklyn. It's like, holy shit. Such, it's the same person. Yeah. Like, it's shocking how different it is. Like he he's Tony in Brooklyn, the Italian yeah. um husband of uh Saoirse Ronan. And he's completely unrecognizable in this. I mean, part of it is the wig, but he, I mean, he just completely trans- transforms. And he does a thing that I'm always in awe about that actors can do because they're not just that they do it once, but you know, when they shoot things, they shoot it over and over and over and over again. And both Saoirse Ronan and Emery Cohen in Brooklyn are able to blush on cue, but he also does that in this too. Because mm-hmm. very early on, he's very timid, he has a scorpion's patch, and they're all making fun of him because scorpions are hard rock and not black metal. Yeah. And, uh, which, by the way, uh, the real Varg, his issues with the movie his are... His issues are hilarious. Yeah, that one, I never had a scorpion patch on my jacket, yeah. and two, I did not drink milk after murdering Euronymous. Yeah, he has the oddest issues with this movie, which just makes me feel like, yeah, no, they... They're probably accurate. You just don't want to look like whatever. Yeah. I There's a, a documentary. I think it's called Until the Light, Until the Dark Takes Us. 
mm-hmm. which I believe just follows Hellhammer around. It, it follows one of the guys from Mayhem around, and uh, but it also cuts between interviews with Varg in prison, which the way you described a Norwegian prison was hilarious. <laughs> it just it looks like an IKEA. It does. It looks like one of those, like, here, we'll show you how to have an entire home and 400 feet <laughs> worth of space. Yeah, like, here you go. It, it seriously just looks like one of the mock setups of an Ikea. Yeah. Like, that's how nice Norwegian prisons are. And even though he was found guilty of brutally murdering yeah. a person and stabbing them very, 23 times. Very brutally murdering yeah. someone. Following him down the stairs does stabbing him over and over and over again and mm-hmm. yeah, emotionless cold blood. Yes. Uh, the max prison time in Norway is 21 years. So he's already out. Oh, he's out. He has a new name. He has a wife. He has kids. He's yeah. a Nazi. He is a very, he's, he is a Nazi yeah. very much so, which. I say kudos to the director uh, who was briefly part of the black metal scene. He played drums for the band Bathory. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I, kudos to him for hiring a Jewish actor to play a Nazi yeah. because you know Varg was probably like motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> but more like motherfucker. Yeah, probably. I I've been very interested in in this whole story because, um, like you said, um, last podcast on the left did a multi part series on um, Norwegian black death metal, focusing on this exact scenario where Euronymous is murdered and it kind of brings. I mean, the black metal scene still exists, but once Euronymous was murdered, everything kind of slowed down because he had, you know, the the record store where everybody kind of hung out. Right. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people looked at him as sort of like, not exactly the godfather, but now that he's dead, they're like, oh, yeah, he's sort of like the founding father of, you know, yeah, the black, black metal scene. metal, yeah. But at the time, it's like, like he just kind of ruled with an iron fist. Iron fist. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, was very... he, you know, was dictating what was cool and what wasn't, and... Uh, kind of sucked the fun out of everything and was posturing, pretending to be this super evil, like, you know, I boiled and ate the brains of dead, but went home and he was like a really good family kid, you know? Yeah, like, like he was close with his, you know, he was close with his sibling and, and his, like, he was a good, he wasn't all these things. He actually it would appear had some reservations about the church burning. It's like he would talk about it, but kind of doing it was a different story. It's um, funny when you look at pictures of him online, it's like, oh, he's just like a nerdy little kid. Yeah, he just looks like <laughs> nerdy a little nerd. metal kid. Yeah. Like somehow Rory Culkin is a little bit more metal than he actually, than Euronymous mm-hmm. actually was. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know. He really did have like that uh, really horrible mustache mustache, but he would also wear like knee high generalissimo boots and shit like that Mm -hmm. and uh he looks about as threatening as a jonathan davies from corn's fart like he's just (laughs) oh one of the other things that kept making me laugh in the movie is to show the passage of time 
they established that the guys would all dye their hair black, so the wigs they were wearing would periodically have brown roots, <laughs> like big, long brown roots. And I'm like, why, though? You don't need to do that. What a great way to show so a passage stupid. of time, though, oh, without so saying, stupid. dude, last time you mentioned this, it was three months ago. Additionally, yeah. they slip in and out of um, Norwegian accents. Yeah, the accent game in this movie. Oh, it's so bad. Everyone's I could have been English. hired to do this movie the way I slip <laughs> around the world. Like, I'm the Harlem Globetrotter of accents. Like, it will start in a nondescript country and it will end in a nondescript country that sounds like it, it it's someone. somewhere and then you always end up mexican somehow yeah it always ends up like that like i can do australian and accidentally go to jamaican and then hit eastern european it's so bad yeah a word or two will be british a word or two will be scottish and then sometimes it it falls into like lucky charm irish (laughs) and yeah it always ends up mexican it always ends up mexican But yeah, in this, they're either just straight up speaking in English, and then every once in a while, they'll hit a few, like, slightly Norwegian-sounding words. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It's really funny. Although I did read that um, they did speak to each other in English pretty regularly. Oh, yeah, because Because, one's um, from Sweden, one's one's from from Sweden, one's from Norway. So it it wasn't unheard of for them to actually be speaking in English pretty regularly. But, uh, yeah, it didn't sound like American English. (laughs) In the documentary, the documentary, the guy uh, speaks in English Mm -hmm. and Varg does, too. And their English is, I mean, if you've ever heard Lars Ulrich from Metallica, like, which is so funny because Lars has lived in California since, you know, Forever. the 70s. Yeah. And here are these guys still living in Norway and uh, their, their accent English is, is about as heavy as Denmark fucking Lars Ulrich's. Yeah. Well, I think Lars Ulrich isn't really a good listener. So maybe he hasn't picked up. On That's the true. That's yeah. true. If you guys get a chance, I know this movie, um, I feel like when it came out, people were like, eh, it's okay. I really enjoyed it, especially if you're interested in the Norwegian black metal scene or specifically the, because this is based on a true story and it's pretty accurate to what actually happened. If you're interested in that, I definitely think this is a good movie to watch if that's kind of your bag. Everybody's really good in it. Close your eyes if you don't like the, the dead cat stuff. It's really um, only a couple of minutes, and it's only when you're in Dad's bedroom. So if that helps forewarn you of anything. Um, And for some reason, they're no longer there uh, on the day that he kills himself. Yeah, like they like leave, and then when they come back, they come back to pick him up, and he's killed himself. Because I don't think he lived in a house like that. I think he had an apartment. No, they all lived in a, a rehearsal house, but then Euronymous and Dead were not the chummy buddies that they were in the movie. They would needle each other constantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of like Euronymous was needling Varg. And, yeah, uh, I mean, Euronymous was kind of um, an agitator. He liked to stir the pot. 
Yeah. Um, one of the things that he claimed that he did, you know, I think, like you said a little earlier, was that he ate some of Dad's brains, which is not true. He also claimed to wear pieces of Dad's skull around his neck. Um, and that other members of the band had him. And then additionally, I think in the last podcast in the Left series, he would try to sell pieces of his skull. And it was animal bones. Like, likely the pieces of bone that he would wear also were just animal bones. I don't think he really... He did take photos of Dead. It was an album cover, you know, of the scene where he had killed himself. But, yeah, all the other weird shit that he claimed is very likely untrue the bones are animal bones and i highly doubt he ate any pieces of a human i'm sure he would have gotten violently ill yeah it's kind of funny uh the varg umlaut character that i did for the um evening with the authors oh yeah yeah uh, show Mm -hmm. Uh, i do a parody of uh varg Vickerns, or however you pronounce his, Count Grishnak, mm-hmm. the murderer. So I do a character named Varg Umlaut, and uh, who is in prison and has just uh, written a book called Orange is the New Black Metal. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's kind of hard to parody this guy because he's pretty much a parody of he himself. Is. Oh my God. But maybe uh, if we can find that video, we'll uh, link it in the Facebook group. So please join us on Facebook. Yes, please do. And, uh, and also follow our Instagram. I'm sure Allison will have some pretty cool <laughs> uh, Google searches for images for this. Uh-huh. I can't wait to see how Amazon starts targeting your wish list. Oh my God, it's going to be weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And um, you know what? I'm interested in more like music biopics that you know this definitely does not fit that same formula that walk hard parodied so accurately Mm -hmm. if there's another music biopic that might be uh worth watching let us know yeah Uh, i'm very interested to hear like you know which ones that you thought were incredibly well done and are just your favorite i i'm really interested to hear that because i haven't really seen that many music biopics and yeah. i would be very interested to see some more because this one was i i thought it was really good yeah well i'm really glad that you like this i had a, a pretty strong hunch that you were going to <laughs> good yes. you know this checks off a few boxes of that yes allison list of what makes a good movie mm-hmm. uh so yeah this was really fun yeah 100%. okay well Until next week, thank you everyone for listening to You Made Me Watch. Have a good week and be awesome. Yes. Bye. Bye.